Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this special episode of uh, TFL Talk. Yeah, Talking Cars. Yeah, I always forget. We rebranded it, Nathan, because uh, I think Talking Cars was Consumer Reports and we didn't want to step on their toes. Okay, well, TFL Talking Cars. TFL <laughs> is Talking Cars. <laughs> anyway. Shall be Talking Cars. Anyway, today we're going to be having a lot of fun because we're going to be talking about um, you know, Toyota and Lexus because um, they have been on a roll, Nathan. They have. And, I mean, there's a major update with a lot of their vehicles that have either come out, are coming out, or will be coming out in the very near future, including a vehicle you uh, have recently had a chance to have some access to. Um, but before we do that. Yeah, before we do that, uh, we're going to do a little bit of a fleet update and talk about uh, what we have in our fleet. And I'm going to tell you an experience I had trying to buy a new car, which is actually an interesting lesson. And then we'll get into the new Lexus, both TX mm -hmm. and uh, GX. That's correct. Yeah, that's the GX behind us. I think it's handsome, don't you? I really like it a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot that you guys need to know about it. All right. So uh, this weekend, Nathan, I drove to Craig, Colorado, which is far. Yeah, that's really far. It's like four hours. Yeah. That's like on the other side of the state. Yeah, so I've been looking for uh, a Mustang to purchase for TFL. You know, we have this fleet of kind of classic cars uh, that we drag race and we do all kinds of videos with. Yeah, that's mostly for TFL classics. Yeah, and we're, we're kind of selling some of them right now and uh, buying new ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so we just sold uh, the Porsche 944 Turbo, mm, Yeah, which, uh, you know, was my dream car because I couldn't afford it when I was young. Yeah. Uh, and so I bought the lesser of those, the 944S, and then come to find out that over the years, the car has shrunk. It got smaller. It did. You didn't get bigger. It no. got smaller. I know. I, I hear you. Cars are shrinking nowadays. I know. I know. It's the older a, we get, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Somehow, somehow over the years, you know, maybe got rained on <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> and got dried too much. Yeah, they did. They didn't permanent press it or whatever. But, but yeah. I, I just didn't fit very comfortably in that car. <laughs> yeah, I get you. So <laughs> as, as much as I loved it, uh, you know, when you don't fit in it, it's uh, yeah, that could be a problem. So so we we, we sold that car, mm -hmm. uh, and then what else did we sell? We Jaguar sold, is gone. Yeah, yeah, we sold, we sold the Jaguar. Remember, I tried to make it cool by giving it lipstick. Yeah, that, that was no good. But I actually kind of missed that car. I seriously thought that I'd get my brother-in-law to buy it. The XK8. Yeah, it was cool. I liked yeah, it. A woman bought it. It was a cool car. It was part of our series that we did last year with convertibles. And it's not the last one. We still have the SL, Nathan, that is being <laughs> fixed right now by Toby so we can sell it. Oh, God. There's a lesson there. So Oh, know, wow. You know, um, get this. Mm. Uh, I bought the car for like... 8,000. You're talking about the, the Mercedes SL. still. Yeah, 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 the SL. Because uh, in the Craigslist ad, it said that it didn't have a soft top convertible. And so we went to the man's house, we took off the hard top convertible, and we pushed a button, and guess what? There's a soft top There's a soft top, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm buying this. Well, um, <laughs> the, the problem is when you don't use those soft tops, or maybe even when you do do them, um, they are very complicated, Nathan. There's, I think, 13 like hydraulic pistons that operate that top. Yeah. And that... then, and, and then the, the seals around those pistons, <laughs> they wear out. Yes, they do over time. And so when we headed to Toby's house, all of a sudden I noticed a big puddle of, I think it's hydraulic fluid. It was hydraulic fluid. fluid underneath. Yeah the driver's side of the car, and I'm like, uh-oh, this isn't any good. <laughs> and Toby said, oh, yeah, there's a hydraulic fluid reservoir in the trunk. Uh, and I'm like, okay, what's that for? He said, that's what operates all those pistons. He says, the one you really don't want to break is the one that's over the passenger seat uh, or the passengers. It's in the top of the A-pillar. Mm. And uh, when I was closing the top uh, last time, that one also broke. And you know what happens there? 
It squirts on you? Yeah, it squirts hydraulic fluid all over you. That, which is always a pleasant surprise, isn't <laughs> and, and, it? And all over the car. Yeah. Uh, and each of those, get this, each of those hydraulic uh, pistons costs $500 to replace if you buy it from Mercedes. <laughs> There's a company in Portland that fixes them for 50 bucks. You get, send them the old one and they send you a new one. Oh, that's nice. But it's not an easy process because, like I said, I think there are 12 or 13 of them to, to operate. Yeah, you I'm, have to actually extricate. They have to be pulled and then sent off. So it's, And then re- redone and then sent back. Uh, and so it's been a long process. So this $8,000 car, which is probably worth $8,500 cars, is going to cost us maybe another $4,000 to get the top working when it's all said and done. Depends yeah. how many of those pistons are bad. And then we'll sell it for eight thousand. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. Toby got it back on its feet, so to speak, and uh, now we have the roof issues. But eventually, we will sell it, remove it, and this all moves on to the next part of your story, which is purchasing a Mustang. This is a Fox Buddy Mustang you're going no, after. No, 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 no. Too old. Too okay. Old. People, I love Fox Buddy Mustangs, but you know that's like our generation. It's way old. Well, it leads up to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking for not the current one, but the one before it. It's the S197. Oh, okay. So you know what? It kind of looks like the current one, but it isn't. They built it from 2005 to 2014. That was the, the old new version of the car. Right, right. right. Yeah. And, it, and I think 2011, they put the 5-liter Coyote in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to look at one from 2005, like I said, in Craig, and I called this... A number up, and the woman was really nice. She was super, super nice. She called it the granny staying, which is exactly the spec that you'd want. Sure, sure. Only a granny drove it and stayed right, in the garage. Right. It had 44,000 miles on it. Mm, oh, no, 47,000. Sorry. Okay, that, and, and you said it was a 2005? Five. Yeah. Wow, that's way under. And yeah. here's the thing about old Mustangs. They all are somehow modded or... Molested. Yeah, usually at the very least, yeah. You know what I mean? People, because because let's face it, those S197s, especially the 2005s, are, those are, you know, if it's kind of a bad one, I saw a bad one the week before. Not a bad one. I, it was a bad color. It was a black Mustang, and it didn't, it wasn't running very strong, and that one was 8.5, which is on the low end, and a really nice one is maybe 13.5. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the Coyote engine in 2011, then they get more expensive because yeah, yeah. you, like, put 100 more horsepower. But this one wasn't the Coyote. Um, so she was like, I love this thing. I can't, uh, you know, part with it. I'm so sad. And I was like, you know, it's time for it to go. We, we'll make the thing a star, we'll, yeah. you know, which we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to roll the dice. And, I, and this is just after having driven to Aspen, which is four hours, <laughs> to yeah. go look at the black one. And this one was kind of a tan color. So okay. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, is it in good shape? She goes, oh, yeah, it's always been garaged. Uh, it's, you know, an immaculate shape. I love this thing to death. It's my baby. I don't know if I want to sell it. And I'm like, that sounds good. Uh, so me and Tommy drive out there on um, over the weekend. Um, and uh, the first thing I notice uh, is uh, that the car isn't the grand color. It's kind of a gray color, and it was a gray day. You know how much rain we've been getting? Yeah, we've been getting tons of rain. So we, we look for bright color cars. Yeah, we want to accentuate the look of the car, and usually a bright color helps. Usually, like, yellow is the best color. That's why, actually, Andre bought his yellow pickup truck, because in the thumbnail, when you guys are looking at what video to click on, the yellow ones really stand out. Yeah, yellow. Uh, there's certain other, like, kind of neonish t- colors that work, too. Red yeah. works. Blue works if it's not, like, really dark blue. Yeah, yeah, if it's, like, a light powder blue Black or Black absolutely does not work. No, it just fades into the background. And gray can work, but on this gray day, it was like, you know, you couldn't even see the car. And white is 50-50. Sometimes yeah. it works. It's boring or sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I get there, and I'm like, okay, this is already trouble. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we, op- we, we open it up, uh, the hood, and Tommy looks at the oil, and it's sludge, dude. It is just mm-hmm. dark, 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 dark. And then we, I'm like, hey, let me hear what it sounds like. So she starts it up, and big blue puffs of smoke. <laughs> Blue puffs of smoke. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Came out of. What does that usually signify? Well, you... if it's white smoke, it's a, it could be uh, water in the exhaust. Exactly. And if, if it's, it's blue, blue then it's oil in the exhaust. Right. So it could be like bad valves. Yeah, it could be a seal, a leak of some yeah. sort. Sure. It's, it's not, you, you don't want to see blue smoke or white smoke when you on startup. Correct. Mundo. Uh, and we take it for a ride, and it drives very well. Uh, and I asked her about the story, and she said she bought it like six years ago, and she loved this thing to death. Uh, and she just can't stand to get rid of it because, uh, you know, it's her baby. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. People are like that. Mm-hmm. But what occurred to me then, and this happened to us twice now. It also happened when Tommy bought his 
bug because he also bought that from a woman who loved that thing to death. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between loving the car and loving the idea of the car. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. So, so at the end of the day, not only was this the wrong color, but my feeling was that this thing had like six years of deferred maintenance. In, yeah. other, in other words, no maintenance. So she yeah, loved the car. It's entirely possible that the oil was never properly changed. Nor the brakes, because the brakes were... Uh oh yeah. a little squidgy. Yeah, and she was asking top of the market. And before I drove out there, she said, you know, I want 13500 I'm not budging on the price. Okay. So, and, 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 you know, by the way she described it, I'm like, okay, it's top of the market for that car, but it seems like that, you know, Low 47. Yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah good condition. shape. Yeah. And then I get there, and, I, and, and first of all, it looked like somebody had, like, either she had driven into something or somebody had driven on it from one side. So there was a big gash underneath the passenger side headlight. Oops. And then, uh, you know, then the bumper w was crooked. Oh, that's not good. Which is also a bad sign. Mm -hmm. had the blue smoke. Yeah. Uh, there was a little crack in the windshield, which obviously is going to turn into a bigger crack. Mm -hmm. Uh, the interior was okay. Um, you know, the, the suspension was shot. So I, I could have been a hard ass, and I could have been like, okay, you're asking 13 and a half, but to fix that gash in the front, that's going to be $2,000, which it is, because mm -hmm. you got to replace the bump. You know how that is. Yep. And then to repa replace the rear bumper, that's going to be about another $1,000. So now you're at $3,000, new brakes, $500. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Suspension. Yeah, all this deferred. So realistically, that's an $8,000 car. But I wasn't going to say, was it going to go to her and be like, hey, your car is in good shape, but you haven't done anything to it in the last six years. And now we have to go and do all that, which means that that's an $8,000 car because I got to put another $4,000 into it, but it's worse than that than the time and effort that it costs. And I don't want to sound you know boastful, but my time is worth something. Well, it is. And, and look, at bottom line, the minute I, uh, the blue smoke popped out and that there's sludgy oil, I would have been like, later. Yeah. Because you're taking on somebody's project because, yes, she loved the car. She loved being an owner of a Mustang. That's great. Yeah. But she didn't love her Mustang. Exactly. She did not take care of it adequately. The suspension, the parts that are a little busted on the vehicle were indications of, of abuse, Just neglect. Sorry. Divert, deferred maintenance, basically. Yeah. yeah, you love the idea of the thing, but you don't actually love the thing. I'm sure there were a lot of selfies taken. But the point is, at the end of the day... The car itself was not maintained, and that uh, anybody can do that, and it's been pulled on me as well. And, and e even all that, the color was wrong. The color wouldn't work. Yeah. So I, I just said, "Hey, the color doesn't work," which is absolutely true. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to like bust her bubble. This is, you know, but but, you know, I figure the world will 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 let her know what that car is worth at some point in time. She may, she may bump into somebody who's a real hard ass on it. And who will say, listen, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, and this is wrong. I'm not buying this car unless you come down seven but, grand. Yeah, and the problem is, who are you going to sell a two-wheel drive Mustang to in Craig, which is four hours from the nearest big city, mm. you know, in the mountains where it snows all the time? Yep. It's not exactly, you know, a huge marketplace for old Mustangs to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that, that the, the, the logistics are definitely an issue as well. Okay, well. All right, all right so, so we're still looking for an S197. And if you guys uh, have one that's clean and nice and, you know, in the 10K range, Maybe uh, send us a picture of it at Ask at TFL Truck. I'll give you that address. Go and take a look at it. I'm becoming very picky now. I, I no longer want to fix other people's projects. You know D Destin, Andre's friend? Yeah. Remember we did a, a, a video like 10 years ago now on his bullet must Mustang? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That green Mustang. Yeah, that was an older two, one. 2001? Uh, yeah, one. It's the yeah. previous generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all squared off. And I think that. he wants to sell it to us. Oh, well, I mean, that's an older car. But they're really cool. But, but those had like 250, 60, 70 horsepower. Yeah, they weren't, they weren't very fast. They weren't but, very fast. But they're kind of cool and they sounded good. It is a bullet, but, you mm. know, they came out with like that year, they came out with a bullet and a Cobra. And the Cobra had more horsepower, the bullet had less. Uh, it's got that bullet aluminum shifter. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Oh, yeah. I drove the car. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think? Should, no. No? Nah, nothing okay. for Destin, nothing personal, but okay. the whole point is you wanted the newer one. Uh, yeah, because we already had that generation. Exactly. That's my point. That's so, exactly so, so, my point. So in our, in our convertible, you drove that previous generation mm -hmm. Mustang, right? Yeah. And it was great. It was fine. But it was small. <laughs> it is a bit small, but it's also, um, it, it lacks a lot of the modern amenities. It does, yeah. Going to a, another a newer generation, one that is out there, 
If we lived in Southern California, we can find a million of these things. Exactly, yeah. So I kind of feel like as much as I like the bullet, we're kind of going a step in the wrong direction because mm-hmm. we've already had that. So let's move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reason we're doing this, obviously, is because the next generation of Mustang is coming out in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. So we want to have like a comparison. I, that, that's what we do. There'll be a lot of buzz around the Mustang. We want to be able to kind of capitalize on that on our video. Yeah, new versus old. And if we were going to go real old, then I say we go super old and go to a Mustang too. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I guess that's right. enough. All right, let's keep going on the, on the uh, uh, fleet update yes, before, please. before we get to the Toyota. Uh, so uh, Stubby. Yeah. So the plan for Stubby, remember um, – we just did a, a, a live show. We're trying to do these new live, what you need to know about the news shows uh, over at All TFL. It's over at our Now channel. But uh, we, we had two options for Stubby. Trade them in on a Gasser Silverado, which Andre is kind of hot. He's all right. hot about that, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, Ford just came out with a supercharger kit that you can stick on a new uh, Coyote and it gives, you, yeah. Yeah, it gives you 700 horsepower. So, mm-hmm. so Stubby may get uh, traded in on either one of those two options. Uh, I asked the people in that video to tell us which they'd rather have a stew buy an F-150 with a Coyote and get 700 horsepower on it, supercharge it, or uh, buy a Silverado 2500 Gasser with a 6.6. And most people said, what do you think? They wanted the Coyote. Yeah, they wanted yeah. the Coyote, yeah. Uh, without a doubt. It yeah, it's a str- and after, what, 12 years of lifting trucks, it might be kind of fun to do a street truck. Well, we haven't done a street truck at yeah. all, ever. Yeah. And it's... I know what you, I mean, street racer truck, not a street. Yeah, something that's yeah. a little bit more... Lowered yeah. as opposed to lifted. Exactly, exactly. And something that could put down power a little bit more efficiently than, say, a big 4x4. So this should be a really fast pickup truck, and it may actually be faster than the new uh, Raptor R, which... Would be really cool. So, but we we've run into some problems. Mm. Uh, the kit is available, um, so that's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, dealerships, uh, Ford says it's going to take. Gosh, I want to say they said eighteen hours to install. They're, they're figuring. Okay. Which seems about right. Two days. Mm-hmm. That's about two days worth uh, of work. But here in Colorado, at least, I guess everybody wants uh, EcoBoost. They want the twin turbo V6. So finding a new Coyote, if we wanted to find a new one, uh, is really hard. The only ones that are out there are work trucks. Mm. And kind of slamming a work truck just seems kind of silly. Yeah, yeah, although we could be the first to do it. We could be. So, hey, if you're a dealer anywhere, (laughs) because we'll fly out, and you have uh, a Coyote uh, that, let's say, is either new. The problem is, like, the older ones, this this kit's only good to 2021, right? Yeah. Yeah. if you have a Coyote that's you know at 2021, 2022, or 2023 uh, that is in the let's say 40 to $50,000 range because we don't want to spend any more money than that, yeah, uh, then we're certainly interested uh, and we'll supercharge it. Uh, here in Colorado, apparently all of those Coyotes are the um, XL or the uh, STX, and the problem, and this is something you don't know about, but I want to get your take on this, mm-hmm. is they don't have four-wheel drive automatic. They only have four high and four low. They don't have the automatic. Oh, 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 I see, see the problem. Like the auto mode for that. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem. Oh, pro- yeah. So if you're going to launch it, then you really want the auto mode. Yeah, because you don't, do you really want to launch it in four high? No. You, it's going to, it's going to, it's right. It's going to crab if you turn the wheel even a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of issues I could see with that too. Also <laughs> premature wear. Yeah. And so you might need like a Lariat before you get the four auto. You mm-hmm. might have to go up. And we can use, do, do a, um, a used one as well. No problems with that because it's warranted for 36 years, 36,000 36 miles or great. three years. Yeah. Uh, but um, like I say, all that we have here in Colorado are white work trucks. Uh, and that's just not cool, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you know, a white work truck, I know it comes with like stripes and the kit comes with these like beautiful bronze wheels, but still, it's pretty boring. Yeah, yeah. So we are, you know, we're putting the word out there. If you guys happen to know anybody, a dealer, or even somebody who knows a dealer, uh, you know, let us know. Ask at TFL. It's got to be a Coyote, so it's got to be a five liter. It's mm-hmm. got to be 2021 or newer. And ideally, it's not white or black. Right. Yeah. Or gray. Boring. Blue would be kind of cool. Red, red would be good, yeah. yeah. I think those are really the only two. Ford is really limited on their palette sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, let us know. That'd be great. Yeah, so that's what's happening, Stubby. Uh, we might actually, before it's all said and done, 
work with a tire company to uh, slap some off-road tires on them and kind of do a before and after. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be cool. Because it's kind of, it's a four-wheel drive. Uh, and we've already taken it to uh, Red, uh, Red, Red Rocks, to, <laughs> Moab. to Moab. God, what's wrong with me? Yeah, so so that's that's the thing with Stubby. So more Stubby content, but we're kind of done with him, mm-hmm. uh, and then hopefully trade him in on. Well, it depends if we can find the truck. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's keep going. Um, so the Raptor R. Yeah, we still have it. We just did a torture test with it. So Andre created this new test called the Gold Hill Torture Test. Gold Hill, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Remember that's the one where he drove the Chevy up and it overheated. Yes. Yeah. So it, now now it's a thing. Yeah, um, because it is really tough. It's up a hill that's going at high elevation, and it's a long, snaky, winding road. Long and windy road. And it's actually managed to to hurt other vehicles. We've seen temperatures rise rapidly on a lot of other vehicles, too. So Andre took the Raptor R uh, and uh, put, I think, max is 8,000, I want to say 500, 400. Mm-hmm. Anyway, maxed it up and took it up there, and that video is coming up, so you'll see how the Raptor R did towing. Uh, and I had the pleasure of actually driving the Raptor R. We haven't driven it for a long time; it's just been sitting in the office here. I drove it to look at that Mustang and Craig. What mm-hmm. a, what an incredible, incredible cross-country driver! It's just so comfortable. Does it remind you of the first gen? It does remind because me the of the first, first gen, gen was a fantastic with the six point two. Yeah, and that thing had just this soft, lofty suspension. This also has a soft, and it was just awesome going. And we drove it, you and I, yeah. and other people cross country all the way to Baltimore and back. Um, so we'd put a lot of miles on that thing too. So um, it's funny because, like, you know, I, I was driving it a rather spirited manner. Mm-hmm. So I was passing cars. Oh, of course you were. And about half of them would give you the thumbs up when this when this massive roaring V eight goes thundering by, right. and about half of them would almost drive off the side of the road because because this massive thundering V8. It can be through. a little intimidating to certain drivers. Yeah. yeah, It makes a lot of noise. It does make a lot of noise, and I, I can't, once again, help but feel the biggest problem with it is that uh, it just doesn't, people don't know it's an R until you scare them. Yeah. There's no, there's, it's, it, there's no, like, it doesn't, I mean, there's a little ugly plastic thing in the hood that's different from the regular Raptor. And then there's got a bunch graphics. of V's, 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 and then one V8. Uh, and then an orange R, but our truck is orange already, so it doesn't kind of, it kind of camouflages it. Yeah, one of the biggest issues with that truck, unlike other trucks I, it competes against, I think, is that it you pay a lot of money for it, over a hundred grand. And it's not, it doesn't look special. It doesn't look like it's that much different than a regular Raptor. Most people, I mean, Raptors are great. I think they're great looking trucks. But when you look at this, you know, unless you're really it looking at it. a little bit, right? I mean, uh, I, kind of, yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, it, it might be one of the few R's in Colorado and you want to be like, hey, I'm driving something special in the truck world. But, uh, you know, people, like even other Raptor own, owners, because there's a lot of them, when they drive by, they don't even notice it. Yep. That's exactly. And you think it. if anybody would notice, it would be those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, we're going to keep it. Obviously, if we do this uh, street truck, we can do some drag racing, which I think would be cool. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I was doing a lot of thinking about whether, you know, I like it better than the TRX. Uh, and the best comparison I can give you, and this is a cliche, but it's true, one's a sledgehammer, one's a scalpel. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Ford being the scalpel and the TRX being the sledgehammer. And I like the TRX. I do like it a little bit more than the R. Only a little bit more. I, I like it on the street a little bit better. I, I love the look of the TRX better. It's got that Coke bottle shape. Yeah, big, the, 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 the fat big fenders. Haunches, right. Yeah. And you're not going to confuse it with a Ram Rebel. It looks different enough from the Rebel to where it doesn't look like a regular Ram Rebel. But I think from a performance standpoint of view, the Raptor might be a little bit, bit, might be a little bit better. Well, First, we know it's faster. It's 400 pounds lighter because it's aluminum. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge amount. Yeah. So, so it is quicker. Um, and... Uh, in terms of engine note, you don't get any supercharger wine, but I like the supercharger wine on the TRX. Mm. So you get all exhaust note, you don't get much supercharger wine. With the TRX, you got both. Yeah, I thought you get a little bit of wine out of the uh, Very little. Ramp, uh, no, the, the TRX uh, was just really obvious. Yeah, the, well, the TRX is super obvious. It's almost like it's augmented or something like um, that, but it's not. But in the Raptor, that 10-speed lightning quick, dude. Yeah. You floor it, it downshifts, it pushes you back. Okay, so um, let's... You're uh, bored. Are you bore- Am I boring you? No, it's just a question of we've gone over a lot of fleet update and we're... Well, already... these guys, we're talking. It's okay. All right, we, so we, we, got, got, we got a little bit more fleet update, though. We got to go through some more cars. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as you know, we just got, uh, we got loaned um, a new Wrangler with uh, airbags. 
Have you driven that yet? No, I have you, not. You got to get behind the wheel. But I have driven it. another Wrangler with with airbag suspension. Uh, uh, so, so our friends at AccuAir uh, lent it to us for the summer. Uh, Mark, thank you very much. Uh, and Mark, when he actually flew here, they they shipped the truck here. They saw the, I mean, they shipped the Jeep here. They installed the airbags. Mm -hmm. uh, and Mark said, just drive the, the the pants off of it. And I'm like, okay, we mm -hmm. will. So, I, I, you know, obviously, air suspension has been around forever in Range Rovers and Land Rovers. Yeah. Um, so the cool thing about this one is you can make it like a Carolina squad or... Right? Yeah, like that's what I'm going to do with our... Uh, yeah. Each individual wheel can be... It also can augment the ride and make it a much more pleasurable ride. Uh, that I've, been, I've talked to the guys and in, in my experience, one thing airbag suspension can do is give you a really cushy ride. But I'm curious to how that will perform in the rough. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Case and Alex... Uh, took it and compared it to the other vehicle that we have. As you know, we bought a 2016 JK uh, AV. Yes. Uh, and when we were doing uh, our, we're in the process of filming our uh, cheap Jeep uh, video series. You know, we do that every year. Which is coming out soon. Which is coming up. Uh, and, and I was using that, or we're using it as a support vehicle. Uh, and I was like, you know, I, I, the thing about Wranglers is they always have a lot of that head bob, right? Left and right, left and right. It just gets really old. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this just sucks. And then uh, I... Disconnected the sway bar, and for the first time in my life, it was like night and day. It just yep. turned into a magic carpet ride. Now, Tommy thinks that I don't know what I'm talking about, that they all do that when you disconnect the sway bar. In my experience, when you disconnect the sway bar, I find half the time it helps, the other half, it, you can't tell the difference. I think it depends on the terrain, for one thing. Yeah, yeah, and he thinks it's because, you know, this is a 2016. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So it's like six years old now, and the suspension is shot, so it's wallowy and squishy. So when you disconnect the sway bar, it gives you that. I just think it's magic. I think the combination of the suspension setup and those tires, which are quite good as well, and disconnecting the sway bar, so you have maximum articulation. I saw that thing going over the rocks in this one area that we were testing in, and the body was staying perfectly flat while the suspension was doing all the work. That's exactly what you want, and that's exactly what it did. So regardless of, of the health of the shocks, I think that altogether the overall ride on that thing is quite good. And some of that has to go to AEV and the fact that they built a remarkably heavy vehicle. Um, but also the other part is, yes, when you disconnect the sway bar on really hard terrain, it does make for a better ride, too. Hey, uh, I also, speaking of great rides, want to talk about our Ram 2500 Cummins. Oh, yeah, yeah, our, our project. Yeah, our project. So Andre uh, nicknamed that the Trailhound, mm -hmm. and he drove it uh, to, uh, what was it called, down in Arizona? Yeah, the, uh, uh, the Del, 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 Diablo. Del Diablo. Del Diablo. The road of the, the devil. The devil's road. Yeah. Devil's Highway. Devil's Highway. And then, then we took it down to uh, Flagstaff for the Overland Expo, mm -hmm. uh, where you were, was yep. it? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was prominently displayed. It displayed was at, at the, the Fox. Fox. It was at the Fox display, yeah. and it was out there. And there was quite a few fans who were checking it out, too. Um, it has a Fox suspension, and it, uh, it, it was sitting pretty, man. It looked good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now it's time to remove the Alucab, which mm -hmm. is a $17,000 option, and give it back to our friends at Juniper. Uh, Overland that uh, customized it for us, but I got to say, Nathan, we put that AV bumper on it. Fox helped us with the suspension. I finally got to drive it. It drives like a dream. It's it's the most badass, most comfortable. I would say the coolest truck, and we've built up a lot we've ever built. This truck just just beautiful now, beautiful, almost perfect. So usually when it's you know we're done with it, we've had it for almost a year now, maybe a year. It's time uh, for it to go. Close but, to a year. Yeah. But I, I, that one, I, I I'm really gonna have a hard time saying goodbye it's to. It's one of our better builds. Yeah. And we've we've had we've had a mix of them. We've had some builds where we get a suspension and tire setup, where it's like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, I distinctly remember certain vehicles where that happened. Yeah. But this one is a really good example of everything went right. Well, well the Rebel was a good example. Rebel, the Rebel. Well, that's the thing. The Rebel. Oh man, Ter the suspension and tire. Ter Terraflex gave us like a first try at the suspension for it. 
it, it, and it was the first try. Yeah, we, we drove it off road and we drove it to Vegas yep. for for an event and everything else, and it was just it it was really difficult. Um, but but there are other times like this particular time where the suspension, the tires, everything we've did really made it right, and this truck drives like a dream. So I want to thank Fox because they really worked uh, with us to fine yeah, fine tune that thing. Uh, and it is just amazing. So when you have a chance, you got to drive it off-road. Uh, but, yeah, the, um, the uh, alley cab is coming off. We're turning it back into a truck. So if you guys have any ideas what you'd like us to do with it, uh, we've got Warren that gave us a 17,000-pound winch. Uh, and as part of the video we were doing, uh, we got, um, we got uh, a forerunner stuck, very stuck, high-centered, uh, at the ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually in the past what we've done is we've taken one of the side-by-sides and pulled it out. Yeah. So this time we were pulling the Pioneer into the mud as opposed to the Forerunner out of the mud. Right. So Tommy's like, what do I do? And we, we had a recovery Jeep, which is a JK, which has like a regular winch. I want to say it's like a whatever that is. Also a Warren winch. Thank you, Warren. Like a 10,000-pound winch maybe, 8,000 pounds. Yeah. It was here. And Tommy's like, I got to come pick it up. And I'm like, no, just use Trailhound. And he said he got Trailhound, and it's just like that. Yeah. Yeah. 17,000-pound winch. Incredible. Yeah. So Warren really saved our butt. Uh on that one and uh so we've got that winch we got the beautiful uh aev front bumper we've got the beautiful lights those yellow lights on the front of it mm -hmm. it is just one mean looking truck yeah all together a great build let me ask you this i was kind of going through craigslist right yeah and i noticed somebody was selling uh, an aev uh prospector mega cab oh yeah those things on those 40s awesome. yep Yep, uh, that means they get the cut out on the uh, wheel wells and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Snorkel, mm -hmm. I mean, an incredible truck. It, it, you know, it, it's like the G-Wagon of North America. Yeah, I would agree. G-Wagon squirt North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, how much do you think they were selling it for? It had 40,000 miles, uh, and it had, somebody had deleted uh, the DEF. So, it was DEF delete. Ooh. Which um, is problematic because you can't then register in Colorado. At yeah. Least you would have to register out of so, state. So 2017, 40,000 miles, Prospector on Craigslist. How much do you think? I'd say 40 grand. 85. <laughs> 85. Whoa. Well, Prospectors, I mean, when they're brand new, are going 120. for 100, yeah, 120, 150 grand, depending on what it is and what it's how it's set up. The, the, the thing about those trucks is in some cases, sometimes the axles are swapped. I mean, sometimes they are just built to an extreme to where you really can't defeat the truck. And that's what they normally are. So it's a lot of money, but um, I don't think we should get it, though. We can't afford it. No, no, no. no we're not buying the Prospector. I just thought it was interesting because when I saw the 85, I, I couldn't decide whether it was too much or too little or just right. Yeah, I don't think it's just right. I think it might be a little too much. <sighs> you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, a new Prospector, you're going to be on a wait list. No, but the def delete right it's there problem, absolutely yeah. screws anybody who wants to get that yeah. thing registered in the state of Colorado, at least, or California or some other states. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Uh, well, you for basically, more power and you, I know. Well, I know why you would do it. Uh, more power, better fuel efficiency, and you don't have to worry and, about and it. rolling coal. Yeah, uh, but but you've just created the truck for yourself, not for the next person. Yeah, you certainly aren't thinking about resale. That's for damn sure. All right, well, let's finish up this fleet update. We've got a few more uh, cars to go over. Uh, we still have uh, the Fiat 500, the Cinquecento. Yeah, one of my favorite cars. Yeah, yeah, that one we're holding on to. Uh, and apparently, Tommy put his fingers through the sunroof of the of the Ducheveau. He went to close it, and he put his fingers right through that uh, canvas material. Oh no. <laughs> So apparently we've got holes in the roof of the of the Citroën Ducheveau. By the way, whenever I see like a really funky French car on you know marketplace or whatever, I've been sending it to Tommy. Yeah, yeah you copy me on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to tempt him. Yeah, you, didn't you send us that red? Yeah, Renault? it was a Renault. Yeah, yeah, it was the, the Renault. I forgot which Renault it was, but it was a it weird was one, one that competed with the Ducheveau. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it did. Uh, yeah. And I think the last car in our fleet, uh, without the cheap Jeeps, we're not going to talk about those because we want, we want to be surprised what we bought. Yeah, um, really an odd collection of Jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> Really odd collection. Uh, we still have the Corvette, uh, the C5, yeah, which uh, turned out to be a really great buy, fourteen thousand uh, dollars. We had to fix the air conditioning and, and all this problem where the seats uh, kind of uh, move like a centimeter every time you get in, it, and basically you have to put these shims in that fixes it. So mm -hmm. I think we spent like fifteen hundred dollars on it, and we've got an incredible C5 red uh, Corvette with forty-four thousand miles and a Billy Goat exhaust. Yeah, you really like it. I know that you love driving it. I do love driving that. Yeah, yeah. Th that that one I fit into. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Corvettes have usually been built with the idea of large Americans being able to be stuffed I, I, in them. I have officially entered the Corvette stage of my life. You do. You just need a giant belt buckle. Just ask Andre. He's got plenty of extra ones. Giant belt buckle is what you need. Tuck in that shirt, you know, and eh, put on a cap. And, and a new wife. <laughs> yeah, that usually is. My, Sorry, I, honey, I'm just joking. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to, yeah. She works for a law firm, can't trade Yeah, her. don't, 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 don't. Bad, bad, bad. But okay. yeah, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I, I, maybe it's my age, but I really love that Corvette. It just, it's just such a comfortable car. It's a little loosey-goosey, all the bits and pieces feel like they're, you know, lost that, that intimate connection with each other. <laughs> But it doesn't seem to hurt the performance. No, and it's really, it really is a GT car. I mean, if you want to, you know, the definition of a grand touring car really is something like that Corvette. Yeah, and I, I got to say, I love the pop-up headlights. They just make me so happy. Yeah, yeah that, I was cool. so sad to sell the Porsche mainly because of the pop-up headlights. Yeah. But then I looked at the Corvette, I'm like, hey, I still have, we still have a car with pop-up headlights. They need to bring those back, damn it. Even though there's absolutely no reason that yeah, the C4 so. had even better ones than one's case had. Oh yeah, where they, where they, where they do one eighty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. he still has that, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the black case. one. Yeah. So yeah. if you guys have been watching uh, TFL Classics or LTFL.com, you'll see that we have. Oh, and I have one more car. I've absolutely fallen in love with. Mm. So oh, a couple more things. Two more. God, we got a lot of cars. Yeah. I didn't know we had so many cars. None of them are that valuable except for the Raptor. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the Trailhound may be valuable. Uh, it's worth a lot now. Yeah. If, if a prospector is worth 85, it may be worth something. Anyway, um, as you know, we bought a Miata recently. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, uh, and uh, I just have finally gotten why people love Miatas. And maybe, once again, I'm in the Miata stage of my life, but it is such a fun car to drive. They're remarkably fun. And, and they're also extremely good on the track, no matter which generation you get. However... If you get the earlier ones, you're going to have a hard time fitting, especially you because you're tall. Yeah, we got this NA, NB, we got the NC2, which means it's the uh, third generation. Mm -hmm. The two stands for the second refresh of it or the first refresh. Uh, and it's the right one. It's the biggest one of them all. It's the one that's got the smiley face. Yeah. People, it's the least love of them. And we got an absolute cream puff of a car uh, with extra set of wheels and tires. Mm -hmm. uh, 40,000 miles, I think, uh, you know, beautiful, like, metallic blue color for $14,000. I didn't want to buy a Miata, but when I saw, it's, it's like the exact, you know how I was talking about, like, the woman loved the idea, uh, the seller, I should, I don't want to, like, make this sexist, so it's guys who are the same thing. But this seller loved the idea of the Mustang, but not the Mustang. Mm -hmm. This guy loved the Miata. He took care of it. Oh yes. my God, did he take care of it? When I when he showed it to me, I was like, "This is a really clean car." And then he opened up the glove box, and inside the glove box was a notebook that had every oil change and any time he ever touched the car documented. That is somebody who loves both the idea of the vehicle and the vehicle. I think that's the definition of being fastidious. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. yeah and just doing what, what's necessary, or even anal retentive in some cases, but that's fine for a car owner. I, I looked at the tires, and I'm like, these are a little warning. I was, don't worry, I've got another set of wheels and tires. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, and, and get this, uh, the little valve stems, he even put Mazda a little, branded valve uh, stems. Uh, not just the, 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 the wheels that were on the car, but the extra set. Extra set, too. Mm. So uh, we've got a set of uh, more uh, sporty tires that, uh, gosh, here, you keep talking. I don't know who it was who gave it to us. Hold on. I'm going to go find out. Oh. I, I, I want to thank him. Just keep talking. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, while he talk, goes talk to talk. Ah, okay. So while Roman takes a minor sabbatical, uh, just so you guys know, at this very moment, right now, as I'm speaking, the guys are streaking out to California, that sounds kind of funny, um, to drive our Tesla Model 3 from Orange County in California to Orange County in Florida. Now, if you remember, we had a drive, which we called both the D to D and the O to O. We're going back to D and D. Um, and that is essentially uh, Orange County near Disneyland to Orange County near Walt Disney World. And well, there's two found Bridgestone Potenza RE71. Okay, Bridgestone. Yeah, Potenza, Potenza RE71. Got it. These okay. are these are these new. I had to go look at them because we just got them. They're, they're these new like uh, uh, performance tires that you can track or autocross. Okay. So I can't wait because the biggest problem I have with this Miata is I drive it very quickly mm -hmm. uh, and it starts to. I get a little bit uh, understeery because mm -hmm. the front tires are worn out. Oh, gotcha. So I can't wait to put these on. Maybe we'll give it to Paul. Uh, 
and compare it to the ones that are worn out. But thank you, Bridgestone, for those tires. It's a new tire they just came up with, uh, and it's like a, a track tire for a Miata or yeah. a similar car. All right, you were talking about D to D. Anyway, so uh, right now the guys are going out to California. They're all going to rendezvous, and they're going to hop in our Tesla Model 3, which is being driven out there right now by cameraman Cole, good man Cole. And Tommy and Andre are all going to jump into this car and go cross-country and try to beat our current record, which is established record, I should say, of 46 hours and 46 minutes in a Tesla. And I have no doubt they'll be able to do that, provided they not run into any major weather events or anything else, which other people who've tried to do this have run into. Yeah, we could do road closures. We had a road closure. We were just lucky that we were at an exit. Yeah, we were able to kind of get around a few uh, things. Right, and close to an exit. We didn't kind of back clo- up the closer. highway. Never mind. Yeah. Didn't hear that. We yep, didn't back nothing. up the highway. No, we, no, 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 we didn't. No, no, we wouldn't do that. Um, so anyway, uh, they're, they're trying to do that. And if everything goes right, they will have finished the entire drive sometime very, very early Friday morning, and then they'll hop a plane Friday evening and come back home, and then who's driving the Tesla back? I get to drive the Tesla back from yeah. Florida, which is a long way, but I'm, I'm going to do a road trip video because okay. I'm looking forward to actually cross-country uh, driving. And as you know, this week, or previous week now, it's two weeks ago, Ford announced that they were going to partner with Tesla, and mm-hmm. they were going to put uh, either both CCS and Tesla uh, charger ports into their cars. We don't know yet. It is unclear. But I want to see what it's like to uh, cross country and road trip using a Tesla because it should make it much more interesting. It should be a lot easier. I exactly. mean, the, the infrastructure that Tesla's established is pretty impressive. I, I won't be like running five apps <laughs> trying, yeah, trying we, to f- figure out which station's online, where I should charge up. Or freaking out if something's dead. Exactly. Which uh, happened as well. So the, the trip itself uh, should take... Now, I'm, I'm going to guesstimate that they're going to be able to cut off, say, about 10% from what we did, but it might even Four be hours, better. Yeah, oh, at least. I think so. Uh, because there are more Tesla chargers. Hmm. The they're along the highway as opposed to like the one we had to go to at the Walmart Mobile. way off the yeah. highway, right. Yeah. And then on top of that, the most Tesla chargers tend to charge. The, the vehicle already knows what it's going to charge at, right. and it's going to tell you where to go. And, and it, it preconditions itself. Exactly. And then that charger should work at a fairly high level, meaning that unlike some of the chargers we came across, where some of them were charging great and then others just barely worked, all of these should be in peak condition as you go cross-country. And there's just a lot more of them. I mean, just yeah. a lot, lot more. Uh, and that handshake is always working with the Tesla. You, you, you with, just tap and go, basically. So we did Niantic 5, and you'd plug it in, and you'd be like, is it going to charge? And I'd always be, oh, there it goes. Yeah, it's like winning the lottery. Every time it's like, <laughs> exactly. oh, it's charging. Oh, look, it's char- Whoa, look oh. at that. Look at the phone. So rather than have that, I mean, you, you have the confidence of saying, okay, it's really charging. The minute it says, okay, I'm you know, good to go. And that in itself is going to save you minutes and minutes and minutes. And so for every stop along the way, it's going to save you a ton of time. And I think that's how... Uh, Tommy and Andre are going to kill our record, which we want them to do. I don't and, want them to do. I want to, <laughs> I want the right. Oh, you know how R- Richard Rollins did the uh, cannonball, the, the original one, yeah. and, he, and he tattooed. I think it was twenty six onto his like arm. Yeah, I was gonna put like forty six on my left and, and forty six on, on my right. <laughs> I can only imagine you with tattoos on your arm to begin with. Um, sucker. Yeah. But Jesse, what's his name? He had that pay up sucker on his file, remember? From uh, Monster Garage. Yeah, yeah. Jesse. Uh, James. Uh, James, yeah. Pay up sucker. Yeah. No, we're not, we're, we're not going to do that. Um, uh, unless somebody pays us a lot of money to so, advertise for them, I'm not tattooing anything on me. Fair enough. Okay. How much would they have to pay you? Uh, $1,000 per square millimeter. That's a lot. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not cheap. Okay, very an expensive date, uh, man. Anyway, by the time you listen to this, um, you you would have already um, you would have already um, finished the the the, B to, the D to D. Yeah, by the time you see this video or hear this, you sh- they I think. Hold on a second. I get, this is important. Hold on. Okay, so while he's gone, and uh, we may actually edit this part out. So if you're watching. Um, one final part about uh, this before we transition to Toyota um, is that uh, we are establishing this record not just for us or for journalists to go cross-country and try to break a record, but also for you guys. And here's the cool part. We're not asking you to break the law. In most cases, it doesn't make a lot of sense to go flying across the country and breaking the law if you have to stop at gas station after gas station or uh, uh, charger after charger, right? 
So I'm pushing Roman to let me do the same thing in a very small, inexpensive gas vehicle, maybe um, Mitsubishi Mirage or a um, Nissan um, Versa. So, you know what I mean? Something small, very, very economical. Now, these are not fast cars to begin with. And a majority of the speed limits going cross-country range between 65 and even 75 miles per hour, right? Well, if you are taking those little tiny four-cylinder engines and just cranking the crap out of them, they'll no longer be as efficient if you're going 80, 90 miles per hour. So you want to get as far as you can between gas stops. So being mathematical and trying to you know, work it just right, the best thing you can do is go near the speed limit, or I should say the limit that the vehicle has for being most efficient at a higher speed, and going to those various gas pumps. So maybe you can go cross country and only stop four times. If you could do that, and gas stops are much faster than electricity stops, you may be able to cut 10 hours off the time that we established. So that's what I'm saying about, you know, we're not asking you to break the law because I really think that to be the most efficient and go cross country usually means that you gotta be careful. We're not, we're not gonna accept anything that's like, yeah, I built a giant gas tank and I shoved it in this vehicle so it can go a thousand miles per fill up. That's not part of our deal. We're not doing that, that's something else. Uh, same goes for batteries also. If you're stacking up a bunch of batteries in your car for extra range, which theoretically could happen, but wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, anyway, so um, that is that part with going cross country and maintaining a decent speed limit going cross so you can get maximum range either in your gas vehicle or your electric vehicle. Actually, I gotta say, it's more noticeable in electric vehicles, much more, because I drove solo back across the United States from Florida to California uh, in the Ionic 5 from Hyundai. And by the way, great electric car. But one of the issues I noticed is that hovering, now I'm not being timed. I, I can take my time and go across country, right? Well, if I went, let's say about 65 miles per hour, I knew that I could get 180 miles with plenty of margin between one stop and the other. But if I bump that up just a little bit to 70, suddenly that would drop off significantly. It would be more like 140 miles. So that is something to keep in mind. It, the range can be a real pain in the neck when it comes to electric vehicles going high speed cross country. They just don't like doing it. They much prefer being able to go to places where you can you know, re-energize re the battery by using uh, you know, the brakes or regenerative braking really. So keep that in mind as well. All right, Nathan, I think we left them waiting long enough. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the new uh, cars in town, and that is, of course, the Lexus TX and GX. Which one do you want to start with? Well, I think the TX, uh, because it's all new, Yep. and it's an all-new vehicle for Lexus, but it is based on some old, uh, well, not old, but other components. But it's kind of fascinating because they're filling a space that I didn't even know existed within the Lexus you know, vehicle fleets. Yeah. So but, I was I was just in Hawaii and I got to drive uh, the Grand Highlander. Mm -hmm. And this vehicle is based on the Grand Highlander. It has a lot of the same components and some of the same running gear as the Grand Highlander. However, there are some interesting differences. Uh, first of all, there are three different powertrains that this vehicle has. The 350 has 275 horsepower engine. The 500 has a 366 horsepower hybrid uh, powertrain. And then there's the 550, which has a 406 horsepower plug-in hybrid powertrain. Yeah, so a V6. Yes. And then uh, they're saying up to 33 miles of range on all electric. That is correct. Now, I've been doing some research because one thing that the press release did not provide was the size of the battery in there. But I have a theory. I think it's the 18.1 kilowatt hour battery lithium ion that they're currently using inside of the Toyota RAV4 Prime, mm. which gives the Prime 44 miles. And this being a bigger vehicle. Right, and so they share some components and so it makes sense that they would use that. Um, but there's a lot more. The TX is essentially a family vehicle that has all-wheel drive and three different powertrains. Yeah, and by the way, if you want to see what this looks like, uh, head on over to AltFL where I would have done a video of the unveiling mm -hmm. uh, because we're doing this podcast 
we're time traveling and Nathan. We're doing it before the unveiling, but because the embargo happens before we publish the podcast, we can talk about it. That is correct. And so we can give you just some of the basics, but these are still some pretty significant basics. So as I mentioned before, uh, this platform is uh, the TNGAK platform. Uh, Toyota has a love for TNGA, which is their Toyota North America G platform. Um, anyway, so the um, 3.5 liter V6, as I mentioned, is a PHEV, a plug-in hybrid, but it's the only one that is a plug-in hybrid. The other one, which is a four-cylinder, is a regular hybrid. And then, of course, there's the turbocharged four-cylinder, which is the base model. You can get them in front-wheel drive and all-wheel drive, but the trim will also depend on uh, a few things. So you can't necessarily get, uh, I believe you have to get with the hybrids all-wheel drive. Both of them are offering a, or, or give you the electronic rear end, in other words, electric motors powering the rear wheels. So I drove, like I said, the Grand Highlander, mm -hmm. uh, which this is based on, uh, and it was a fine vehicle, Nathan. It was, you know, I wouldn't say it was sporty or uh, fast. It was quick uh, in some respects, If you get, especially if you get the, and we don't know, because I didn't, I only drove the, the four-cylinder turbos. Right. The other ones haven't come out yet. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, you know, I don't know about the, 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 the plug-in one, uh, but the car was certainly zippy uh, and, you know, classic Toyota, uh, easy to understand, relatively pain-free. What I mean by pain-free engineering is, you know, you, you don't have the issues where you have uh, everything in the screen. You don't have haptic controls. There's proper all, buttons. And yeah, it's all and pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, and the back seat, me and Andre sat in it, and you can see that video, uh, and we actually fit. That's correct. So 97 cubic feet of maximum cargo space, which is similar to the Highlander. Um, but there's more because this vehicle has another party trick that the, I don't believe the Highlander has, and that is dynamic rear steering. Oh. Now, keep in mind that they did not indicate which vehicles would get that and which wouldn't other than probably higher trim. It makes sense. But the dynamic rear steering, if it's anything like Mercedes, means that the rear wheels will move up to a certain percentage. They didn't mention how much. And that'll allow you to uh, do tighter corners, easier maneuverability, and it can be used in conjunction with going from one lane to another as you're going at high speeds. So that system is unique to the TX. Yeah, that's cool. You know, mm -hmm. uh, let's face it, uh, all-wheel steering is now... Uh, becoming pretty common. It works so damn well now. Especially in luxury brands. Uh, you know, obviously our Hummer EV that we had had it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mercedes now has it. In Europe, you know, they actually charge a monthly fee if you want it. Are you kidding no, me? No, I'm not. With Mercedes? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's ridiculous. In Europe, not in America, in Europe. Why yeah. can't you just... Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. It's, it's like it's, BMW charges for heated seats yeah, yeah, in, I, in, I can't, in China. I, <laughs> Mercedes charges for... Yeah, how can you... Mercedes, shame on you. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Especially because it works really well. Up to 10 degrees in, in Mercedes, we just had the EQS SUV. Yep. And I actually just uh, drove it. And man, in a parking lot, turn the wheel, that baby just turns in. I mean, there are small uh, economy cars that can't turn that tight. However, I'm not going to pay a fee monthly to do that. Fooey. Um, and speaking of Mercedes, you'll be visiting them next week. So I love you, Mercedes. <laughs> you're, you're about to go drive the new, this is a mouthful, yeah. uh, the EQE. Uh, SUV AMG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in, yes. In California. Yes, indeed. So, so, so make make good to Mercedes. Because <laughs> you get to see all those I, I guys. Sweet talking, but you know, I, we're always honest about our opinion, even though we get to go to these events. And, and, and look, the best uh, PR departments understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they know? do. And the worst, like Subaru. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> I'm not even going to spend. They're Baltimore. They, they should not be mentioned by name. All right, let's talk about the TX. Uh, so, well, that is the TX. So, oh, we're I'm sorry, move on the, to the, the GX, GX yeah, now. The GX. Now, the GX is a big deal, my friends. Now, because that's the picture behind us. Yes, that really cool looking SUV. And Roman and I both agree it is fabulous, the design. Yeah, they're really squared off, macho looking, and they got rid of the silly chin. Now, the one you're looking at here is a new trim, which is called the Overtrim. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know the name trail is Trail Hunter great. and Overtrail. Over trail. I know. That's very German. It's not Trail Hunter. Overtrail. Yeah. yeah, the Trail. <laughs> uh, but no, here's the thing not about it. Not the Untertrail, not the Undertrail. But it deserves that name because it actually gets a lot of extra goodies added to it. But before we get there, let's talk about what this is and okay. what it isn't. Okay. 
I guess I guess Lexus couldn't have a trail hunter, right? They had to have their own. No, yeah, they had to have their own thing. Right. So basically, on a drunken yeah. night when they were all kind of admiring the work. Hey, hey, I gotta go visit guy. these guys now. Uh, one of the guys is like, "Hey, it's, it's an Alvaro trail. Alvaro trail. Let's keep that." Um, or maybe who knows? You know, they just kind of mixed up a couple words, threw them in a hat, and pulled them out and said, "Oh, this is it." So the old GX was based on the um, fourth generation Toyota uh, Land Cruiser. Prado. Yep. Okay. This one seems to be based on the Sequoia or the Tundra. This is the TNGA F platform. So it it actually shares the same a very similar platform, which is modular once again, between the Sequoia, the uh, Tundra, and even the new Tacoma. So it's right in between that and the sweet spot. I believe it's smaller. It looks a little smaller to me, at least visually, than the Sequoia. But there's so much more that this vehicle has. First of all. Powertrains. Hmm. Um, this is no. not a hybrid, not yet. It's the Tundra powertrain. That is correct. V6 turbo. 3.4 liter uh, with the 10 speed, puts out 349 horsepower and 479 pound feet of torque. Now, for those of you who are like, well, so what? You know, I want my V8. Keep in mind, these numbers are way better than the V8 and it's more efficient. Do you know by how much? One mile per hour. One mile per gallon, sorry. Correct. The, the older one was 16 MPG. This, this one, one is 17. 17 MPG, baby. <laughs> I read their press release. Yeah, I know, I know. So 17 miles is still not great. That's combined, by the way. So yeah, it's, not, it's not great. But it is a really big brooding SUV with a ton of power and gobs of torque, which is great. Also, in terms of its size, it is wider than the GX, but almost everything is wider than the old GX. And its length isn't that much longer, but you know what is longer? It's wheelbase. They stretched the wheelbase. I was going to say its name, but. <laughs> over, over two inches. The like, Uber trail. Uh, two, two and like a half inches, roughly, of additional wheel uh, base, which is good for both comfort and handling for a vehicle like this. Also, the wheels are closer to the bumpers, both front and rear, making for a better off-roader, provided that they got rid of all the chintz hanging off from underneath it. And that's exactly what they did with the Overtrail version. Now, first of all, there's the premium that's available. That is the base model and the premium plus. Then there's the Overtrail and the Overtrail plus. And finally, the top of the line is the luxury or the luxury plus. I think you can kind of figure out how they all work. The one thing about the Overtrail that's very cool, aside from the fact that it has a proper aluminum skid plate, beefed up suspension, 33 inch tires is Lockers? Rear locker. Oh, nice. Rear locker. Like the So I fantastic. It desperately needed it. It got it. This should be a pretty damn decent off-road vehicle just based on these numbers alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see like the Overlanders and uh, you know, uh Toyota. Uh, off-roading community getting very excited by this because, you know, you combine Toyota's legendary uh, reliability reputation, right, mm -hmm. uh, with a vehicle that is and looks to be very off-road worthy because, let's face it, the previous one had that, like you said, that horrible chin, which oh, yeah, the yeah, approach angle was horrible. Yeah. This one, I think, you know, I love when companies listen to their customers. Mm -hmm. It feels like they listen, and it looks good too. Well, they, for one thing, look at the grill. It's not the giant spindle that they I know. Been, it's, yeah, it's remember understated. How, yeah, exactly. It's a much smaller, uh, still kind of spindle-shaped grill, but it's not like that big monstrosity that they've had on everything else. And I love that. I love the square shoulder look. I think it looks very, very beefy. You need to look at the pictures that we have posted. You're going to. I think many of you will agree. Hey, that's a nice step up. And then if you look at just its overall balance, it looks like the approach departure, we don't have the official numbers yet, but the approach departure and uh, ground height, ground clearance, all of those look better than the previous one as well. So I am excited as hell for this. And I'm hoping that if they ever bring back a Land Cruiser to the United States. How about it? Yes. Yes. Then maybe something like this, perhaps for a little bit less money and a little bit more off-road capability on top of that. Oh. Dare, dare I say that looks like the Lexus version? Doesn't of, it? Does, yeah. Does, it, it, does, it really yeah. does. And that's why I'm so excited about it. I yeah. love the flat roof. Now, this is me talking. That's not Toyota. We, we yeah, don't, yeah, yeah, We yeah. don't know. We don't know. But uh, anyway, so I wanted to let you guys know about that as well. What do, you, what, do you, what do you think of that little step up in the rear window? I like it. I like it, too. It's I really like cool. It because, yeah, because it's kind of the reverse of what Ford does. And I have a feeling it might be partially functional, too. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, one of do, the do things... Do we have towing? Do, we, do they announce towing? Um, I, think, no. I think they did. Andre said... 
Oh, yeah, you know what they did? They did say it was 8,000 pounds towing, which... Um, it was pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. That's what, like, TRX Raptor towing is. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that is. I was trying to see if there's any other information I may have accidentally well, skimmed well, well, over, well, but for the most part, that's pretty much it. What we don't have, obviously. Oh, there's one more thing. Okay, go for it. So the center diff, rather than it being all on or all on, if it's a torsion center diff, so you can run the vehicle in four-wheel drive, go through corners, and not crab as you go around the corners. And that's a mixture of the electronic system and this center diff. So keep that in mind. That is going to be really huge off-road for people who don't like to slide unnecessarily when they're going between obstacles. Yeah, and the one piece of information we don't have, obviously, is pricing. Oh, it's going to be pricy. <laughs> it's, it's going, going to be, be expensive. expensive. Do you know availability? Have they mentioned when it's going to be available? No, they did not. All right, so we don't, we'll... But we'll, you might know that. By uh, now, yeah. Yeah. By the time if you if see I wasn't this, time traveling, I would know that. The Wayne and Garth. So, guys, head over to All TFL, and you can not only find out if Tommy and Andre and Cole managed to break our 4646 D to D record, but maybe even when these are available, as well as full hands on videos, because I plan to do hands on with. That sounds. Uh, that doesn't sound good. That, it sounds a little weird. Yeah, it does it, sound weird. It, it, it works okay when you put it on a thumbnail, it doesn't sound. <laughs> Sound good when you say it. When you say it, I'm gonna go hands on, <laughs> and then with a little background music, ching, 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 I'm gonna yeah. pick under, underneath the bonnet. Oh yeah, <laughs> see that? Let's just see how the rear is tucked. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No good, Nathan. Sorry, guys. Anyway, uh, but thank you for being patient with us. Yep. Uh, we're gonna call it quits for today. Yep. But stay tuned. There's so much more that we're gonna be covering in the very near future. And, and, and say hello to the Germans for me. <laughs> V Gates. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's oh, cool, dude. And uh, EQE SUV AMG. That should be fun. It should be really fast. Yeah, I'm looking forward. Really I like fast. going fast. Yep. All right. See you guys next time. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.